0: I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually. For the lore! And it almost (laughs) works.
1: You're listening to For The Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favourite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus and Vince from Massive Nerd. Hello and welcome to For the Lord, this is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 16th of January. Um, we may as well start off again with some Star Wars news. We're, done, we're not becoming the Star Wars podcast. For folks who are a little worried, we're not becoming the Star Wars podcast. I've already got one of those. Uh, but again, we've gotten some more news of things that are forthcoming that are just freaking made of win. So of course, same as usual, we got Joe as well as Vince. So Joe, I'm going to let you tackle the Rise of the Rat Ghouls. Go ahead.
0: All right, so The Rise of the Rat Ghouls is going to be a level 50 uh, flashpoint where it's incorporating very interesting, well, gameplay mechanics into them all in the MMO, and particularly survival horror-esque gameplay in our Star Wars. Uh, basically, you start out with your party. You have one flashlight in which to explore the, the area, and the vampiric rat ghoul force-wielding monstrosities... Uh, that are there for you uh, are popping out of the walls, coming out from all different angles, and are going to have new abilities and new mechanics because they're going to have new mutations. Uh, It's very interesting because it's the first new flashpoint that they're instituting for level 50 characters, and to have sort of that, that nice new mechanic in there, something that no other mmo has done in their dungeons so far uh it's very refreshing and it's something i'm actually very interested in seeing one because i love survival horror and two because i'm a star wars nerd combining the two it's going to be delicious delicious awesomeness
1: it's funny because uh, just last week we had vince on the on the cast and we were talking about this as well and what i was saying too is that the first thought that came to me because of the flashlight mechanic that they've got in this it's like doom three it just has that feel of being in the dark with a flashlight and shit's gonna be jumping out at you and I cannot wait for this and the fact that they are tossing in this level 50 stuff already only a you know a month in is just phenomenal and the fact that they're telling us more about patch point12 coming out in March, which is shaping up to be incredible, again, I'm really
2: happy with where the game is going right now. I absolutely can't wait. This Rise of the Rackles more than anything else, that's my motivation to get to level 50 right
0: now. <laughs> well, yeah, we got to do that. We got to join. I mean, we got to go with Brick, you know, Ian. We got to go through and we have to actually do this. This instance, I can't wait. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And then part two to that is going to be coming out in March, and that's
1: patch 1.2. And so we're going to get more on that level 50 instance. Now they are saying too that they are actually working on entry and mid-level content as well for folks. Granted, some of what they consider content is really not really content. I'm hoping that we're gonna see more lower level flashpoints, that we're gonna see more actual questing and whatnot, but there's no reason to think that that won't be there. Right now they're just, they've got the the end game as their their main focus because there are some people that are plowing through and you want to be able to retain everybody as well and of course part of the the design choice that they made like many mmos is concentrate all of your your development dollars on one to 50 in this case and then tackle 50 once the game is out put that out because nobody's going to be getting there immediately and even within the the first few weeks there's only going to be a couple the majority like they said they're seeing the majority of the players are where they want them to be in the you know late 20s, 30s, and whatnot. Like, a lot of the people that we know... So I'm above average. They're actually just Yay. in their 20s. Hell, we were talking to Aaron's, and dude hasn't even hit 25 yet. And so, like, but that's the average for a lot of people. Yeah, because you're 31 now, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the important distinction here is because people are... Because two reasons, right? There's not that whole wealth of end game content right now, which is actually kind of a blessing, really, um, because you don't have that sort of carrot at the end of the stick like you do with other games like WOW, where end game is pretty much where everything is at. So, and they're making the leveling experience from 1 to 50 so content rich. And it really is the different quest lines, the storylines, the character class uh, quests, the companion quests, everything that you get to experience from 1 to 50 is very different. Interesting. And some of the th- and part of the cool thing is the path that I may take doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to see the same things or choose the same quests, things like that. So there's going to be divergence where people are actually talking. Like one of the things I like about our server, uh, the Ebonhog being an, an RP server, is you log in and general chat is is full of both the standard MMO gamers or you know making their weird Disgusting jokes all the time, sure. But there's a lot of people talking about their different experiences on quests. And (laughs) I gotta be be careful with that. That's a double edged (laughs) sword. (laughs) It is a double edged sword. But they're talking about, like, oh, you know, I choose this option and I did this. And oh man, this quest is awesome. You should totally go find out. I found this quest out in the middle. And there's like a lot of chatter about this excitement about leveling. And what I really found was kind of cool is. I talk in general to a lot of people just kind of randomly, and as I'm moving from planet to planet, they're kind of keeping pace with the way I'm leveling, so I'm harassing the same people as I'm leveling and so I don't know if that's just creating a stronger community or whatever, but oh, it definitely, we're does. That, definitely but, but does. It, it, it's it's an, it's amazing to me because you go into to wow, I turn off general I, I mean from the very yep. first time I installed that game seven years ago, I turned off general chat. that was gone dead don't don't deal with that. Uh, and most of the other games I'm in, I turn that off. But I I don't want to turn it off in Star Wars because of that. Except for
1: Tatooine. Freaking Tatooine is the, Tatooine, Tatooine is is the Baron's, Baron's chat. chat. Is the balloon it's, there is, yet? Is the it, balloon it, there yet? It, it is the <laughs> Baron's chat of, uh, of, of Star Wars. <laughs> seriously is. I asked some questions quite nicely in general chat in on in Tatooine, and it turned into this mess of just the vilest human beings and there being that stupid EP and shit. And it was like, Are you a more kidding?
2: Yeah,
1: really? Yeah, as on Tatooine.
0: It's so accurate.
1: It was terrible. I was like, Oh, it was, yeah. And yet, and and. Also on Drum and Cast. <laughs> there's some folks who don't like me there. Yeah, so I, I was in RP mode, and, and the shit that I said, too, wasn't even, like, huge spoiler. And I was like, you should have seen the foreshadowing on the wall for this, okay, boys? And But there were still a few that were just winging out. And It's like I didn't even tell you the cool shit, and part of me really wanted to spoil shit at that point. It's like you think that's spoiling? How about this, numbnuts? How about this? This is it. Snake the spoiler Emperor. of games. Because uh, I did. Yeah, I'm the guy in the car screaming, "Dumbledore dies!" past the theater. <laughs> that's that's me. I'm totally gonna draw that now. I'm Roger in a car going by a theater. Dumbledore dies. Shaking my canes at all the youngins in the row. <laughs> <laughs> but I was actually talking to both of you about the end of act one for the Sith inquisitor. And with Vince, I didn't spoil anything, but Joe, I told you the whole thing now, Joe having, without spoiling anything, folks, you don't have to turn us, you know, skip ahead or anything. I will hang up on you. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, but Joe, you know what I'm talking about? There's the obvious spoiler. And then there's the one that's just came out of left feel. Cool yeah. as shit. Unbelievable. Uh-huh.
0: I had no interest in playing the the, the you know, Sith source order sorcerer and the wizard or whatever. I didn't want to play the magic user, so to speak. I'm happy with my Bonnie Hunter. I might play a warrior I'm play my warriors, my tank later on. But so I asked Roger what the deal was because I had no intention of it. So spoiling it for me, not a big deal. What he told me, I literally I'm I'm at work when he's telling me this, and I just sat there and I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's cool as shit. Well, the thing is, is that I finished the Act 1 on my Smuggler.
1: Now I finished it on my Sith Inquisitor. The Smuggler end of Act 1, justifiably very, very cool. It was an excellent end to the first act. I loved it, enjoyed it. There were a couple of minor twists, nothing huge. And again, foreshadowing's there. You pretty much kind of saw it coming. Um, Sith Inquisitor lots of foreshadowing for certain things, but then there's other parts that it's like blow my mind exploded on my monitor. It was just like, Holy crap in hell. That is too freaking cool. It was unbelievable. And then it's the gift that keeps on giving again. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's, there's a certain aspect, something that happens and we will be talking about this in a while when it's safe to talk about it. And, and if you haven't reached it too fucking bad, um, but the there's, there's something that happens and it, It continues to bring joy to your life (laughs) from then on. But not just that, but it actually, a lot of people have been saying how there are not choices that actually matter. In the end, you're doing the same thing anyway. However, we have found some quests where it does. And in terms of what you also see. And with this in particular, you really have a different experience depending on what you're doing. And it was just it, again it was made of wind and it was truly epic whereas the smuggler one was just this was damn cool I loved it epic uh, the 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 Sith Inquisitor I stood back and thought this was epic this was this was like not the end of a good RPG but that good middle point of an RPG that it was like wow I can't wait to keep going with this
2: class in completely unrelated news I have to go what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Something something has just recently come up that if you see me in Star Wars in 5 minutes it's totally not me. <laughs> <laughs> you can level your freaking Sith inquisitor later.
1: <laughs> I told you we'll help you. Actually, Joe and I are going to be doing a Flashpoint with my son later. So if you need some help after that we can help you pump through that uh I don't class. Need no stinking help you will. Dude, it's freaking hard. It took me 3 tries, but I like to do shit early when I shouldn't be. Case in point, after yeah. I was done that, I thought, "Screw it, I'm just going to keep working on Act 2 now." She's only level 30, and I worked on getting the third companion for her, Asherah. Just a whiny little bitch padawan. It's like, "God damn, you're annoying." But um so I worked on getting her, and that was freaking tough. Lad, I kept dying and Ian was on and it was- <laughs> And it was like, I was literally, I, I, my death timers were at 10 minutes and I it was just chatting with Ian, all tabbing out, doing some other stuff, waiting so I could rez. So I can kill one more, then die, come back, kill one more, keep going. <laughs> and then I finally did get her though, but it was, my, my repair cost was over 7,000. <laughs> but again, same yeah. as before, she's got level 35 gear. I'm now level... Well, I was level 31. Dude, we are ripping through shit on Tatooine. I went back for Cam's for quest and some other questing, and we're ripping through them like they're not even sand people. <laughs> Meet my Padawan. Single, single file on this one to mask your numbers because it doesn't matter. You're blowing the hell up. My Sith Inquisitor is carrying a little uh, lawn chair with an umbrella and a margarita mix pitcher, <laughs> and she just sits down in the sand and says, Padawan, them, go kill right there. <laughs> that group over there. I'll just watch it's awesome okay in terms of some oh dude do i ever i have linked um some other news we got some more information finally not quite enough but we got some more news about the legacy system and what we can expect uh in march because they are going to be implementing a lot of this Vince, i'll let you tackle this
2: yeah one of the things that they were really uh pumping up in this interview was the whole family tree that apparently you actually get to craft your own family tree and the relationships between your characters interesting okay but i don't care about that i want my goodies i want my fucking treats (laughs) so the treats that they did actually talk about uh stuff like bound bind to legacy gear great love it uh being able to you know spend your points on a perk that allows you to get your speeder sooner that's fucking godsend (laughs) It's, it's hard enough leveling that first 16 levels without sprint. <laughs> Give me my goddamn speeder. I agree. And, and then a cool one that they were talking about is that you can actually spend, again, spend your points to customize how you gain experience. For example, if you want to do a lot of PvP, you can actually customize that character to earn more experience from PvP. That is, that
1: is a huge bonus. Yes, that's, that's so many to awesome. win, it's unbelievable. Because a lot of people, if they've already done the content, they're just going to want to do some, like the PvP or Space Combat or things like that. Like I started doing more PvP finally, and I'd been putting it off just because of, well, essentially Joe's experience with the level 50s when you're a level 10 kind of thing. Um, but because of how they bolster your levels and based on your gear and things like that in your level, it's not that that bad yes you can get face roll by somebody who's very well decked out and everything was a 50 but i find for the most part i can survive i can dish out a lot of damage on 50s and everybody else and i've had my ass handed to me by level 14s so it, it works both ways and i've been having a blast in pvp it makes pvp on wow look like my pretty pony it looks like child's play compared to what you get in this game so i can see how another character that you just make you'd want to do maybe just pvp on that tune
0: oh absolutely it's a way it's a way of opening up a different way of letting you play the game with giving you a benefit to doing that instead of a penalty which is kind of cool
2: okay what else did you read about the legacy uh, th- those were basically the uh, four main things I took out of it. The family tree, uh, the speeder, the experience, and the uh, bind to legacy items.
1: They did mention that there are going to be some additions made in terms of character customizations, but it sounds like those are going to be only at creation. They didn't say whether or not that they can be applied post-creation, which I find very disappointing if that's what they do because a lot of people have made all their alts already so they're not going to delete a character just to recreate another one and again you only have eight slots i'm really really hoping especially by
2: the time march rolls around oh yeah yeah Yeah. i'm really
1: really hoping they're going to allow people to apply changes to their class or their characters post creation and i mean there's there's a freaking um barbershops in wow they can do it they can do different things like that because it's not anything that is that really changes your experience in the game even your race all the race choice does is give you a freaking salute or a wave or a freaking thing like that although my my, my sith slaps chem you can slap your companion and chem cries it's hilarious <laughs> so really i would like to see it so that if they, they implement other races or other things that they allow you as part of the legacy to do it post-creation because that'd be awesome so that was the main thing for me really the the name thing uh eh, wasn't as the, the the relationship kind of thing meh who cares i really that's that's not something that i care that much about the speeder though is awesome that'd be freaking awesome
0: yes awesome speeder is awesome okay
1: we're gonna stick with bioware but we're going to move to mass effect three get we, out of the way are we gonna get the rant out of the way now or kind of save it for after It's your I'll let you guys speak. Okay, so then we're gonna talk about it first then. Yeah, just let
2: it let's let it simmer there. (laughs) Yeah, let it you put it on the back burner.
1: So we did get some news about Mass Effect three in terms of what we can expect in game. Go ahead, Vince.
2: Yeah, uh not necessarily a complaint, but one thing people would have liked to have seen more of out of Mass Effect 2 was a more dynamic experience. Uh, sure you could choose, you know, when to do which planets and which companions and all that stuff. But When you had your goal set out from the very beginning of the game, no matter how much variation you put in there, it's still on that same track. You know, you have your beginning point, you have your end point. Okay, you you do a little zig and zag in the middle, but you're always going to end up right there. And that's something that is completely out the window for Mass Effect 3. As they're talking about, it's this huge intergalactic war going on. You're going to have objectives all over the place, popping up, sometimes even at random, just darting you off to the other side of the galaxy, a much more dynamic experience. And also, since they don't have to set this one up for a sequel, a much wider array of endings, which is really exciting for me, because Mass Effect 2, you basically had... Two endings, either the the Paragon ending or the Renegade ending, with a slight option of killing Shepard if you really, really screwed up the game. <laughs> like I, I tried to kill Shepard on purpose and I couldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from that, they're actually going to start off the game with um, an option select for how you want to play the game. They said they have three modes: action, story, or role playing. And when you select your mode, it's just basically going to auto configure a few of the settings in the options menu you can always go in and tinker with it afterwards but for people who you know like they say not everybody wants that big option screen to be the first thing they experience in the game so they wanted to streamline Getting the player into the game, and I can definitely support that. Uh, Some of the things they were saying was like, if you choose the action one, for example, they'll crank up the difficulty in the combat, and they'll actually choose the option for uh, auto-dialogue. The AI will pick dialogue for you, and you don't have to worry about the story. You can just go along for the ride and experience the action part of the game. And that's a pretty cool little uh, thing they're putting in there, i got to admit. I agree. I
1: agree. I, I Again, we've talked about how much we're looking forward to this game and the fact that they're going to be pumping in so much more than they did in 2. And quite frankly, had they given me 2, but with the the ending to it, I would have been all right with it. So telling me that, no, we're going to give you this much more, oh, dude, <laughs> it's the only thing that's going to take me away. <laughs> well, Reckoning will for a little while, but really take me away from Star Wars. Little? Yeah. Well, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to start doing a freaking schedule like you, where the weekends are other games, exactly. and it, then the rest of the week is Star Wars.
2: <laughs> listen, it works. It really works. Apparently. Got a moderate game time.
1: Of course, well. your your freaking Sith characters wind up being level twenty forever, but that's another point.
2: Hey, I I snuck in a little Star Wars time this weekend.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's talk now, Joe. You got your rant, but uh, the freaking clock's ticking. We're not spending all night on this, so go
0: ahead. All right, so for those of you who are looking forward to playing Mass Effect 3 on the PC, well, you're going to have to install Origin in order to play it. And now, this comes at no matter what. You want to download it over the internet, you're downloading it through Origin. You want to go to a retail store and purchase it off a shelf and bring it home. You have to install Origin. It is the only way that you are allowed to play the game on the PC. It will not be available through Steam. It will be available through a very limited number of digital download third-party options, all of which will also require you to activate Origin. So no matter what you do, you can't get away from the damn fucking program. And I'm sorry, but that's really bad to me. And the reason that it's bad to me is because with Star Wars, I didn't want to install Origin or use Origin so what did I do? I bought a retail copy and installed the game because I didn't want to have to play with Origin. Why do I want to not want to play with Origin? A couple of reasons. One, it's bloatware. The program is absolute crap, runs your RAM, and also is a bandwidth hog it takes up a shit ton of bandwidth whenever it's active. So those of you with limited bandwidth and you keep origin running, it's gonna chew through that pretty quickly. It's not like Steam. It is not a minimal client. It is very clunky. The code is very, very weird. And opting out of all the weird little third party, uh, you know, advertisements that you get through your origin email, it takes so much time that it's absolutely ridiculous. My problem with it is that you cannot escape this. You have no option to not use it. It is forcing people that want to play it on the PC to use this piece of software, no matter how they get the game. That's bad to me. Why? Because the software is not good. If the software was good, if the software worked properly, I wouldn't give a shit. I installed it once to play Alice Madness Returns, and once I was done with Alice Madness Returns, I have not loaded that damn program once. Why? It sucks. That's my problem with it, is the lack of choice. If if, even with Steam, you can turn Steam into an offline mode. They say that you can do that with Origin. I have yet to find that option. They're they're just, it's, to me, it's mind boggling why you would restrict somebody so much on that particular front. For me, that's a deal breaker. Why? I don't want to use that piece of software. Do I want to play it on the PC? Yes. Do I want to bring my saves over? Yes. Am I going to do it? Not if it requires me to use Origin. Give me the choice to not use it. I understand that you know you want to do everybody to use your program. Polish it, make it better, then people will use it voluntarily. But to, and then to blame Steam—that's the other thing. They blame Steam for adopting a restrictive Terms of Service, which limits how developers interact with customers to deliver patches and downloadable content. Well, that's the first I've heard of that. I don't know about anybody else. I don't see anybody else complaining about Steam and their distribution methods. And quite frankly, with Steam, I feel a lot safer like with my information on there than I do everywhere else. <laughs> <Why>? You <laughs> can say that <laughs> with a straight why? face? Yes I, can. yes, I can. You know why? <laughs> because of all the simple security protocols that all these online things do, Steam at least does multiple of them. Yes, they got hacked. Yes, that shit happened. You know what? Fine. My password and all that information got, didn't get, you know, fucked up that much. Yes, it hurt when I couldn't log in for a couple days while everything got sorted. Fine. But they did fix it. And they also do certain little things like salt and pepper, certain, like your credit card information, your login your login information. So yeah, if somebody gets a, ha- uh, like a hex key or whatever that you have for there, good luck using it. Have a nice day. I don't know any such thing with that origin. But that's that's me. That's my personal opinion. Don't restrict me. Let me install the damn game without having to use your piece of shit software or make it not a piece of shit software. Vince. I don't care.
2: I'm playing on Xbox. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm playing on PC. I have the choice. I'm not using origin. (laughs) I don't have a problem with origin.
1: Okay. Let me rephrase. I've not had a problem with origin. Now I am not going to be the defendant of EA I've, I've had my <laughs> squabbles with them, and I have the emails backed up to prove it. I It's not like I'm an EA fanboy and think that they can't do no good. Do I think this is a good business choice? Yes and no. I don't have a problem with them not offering it on Steam because they do have their own service is the service as polished no it's not but they do have their own service now one of the big things online is the people are wigging out because it's not being offered on steam and quite frankly to me that's ridiculous that's like saying you know ford is getting shit on because they don't want to sell their cars at a honda dealership they don't want to allow them to sell their cars and make a cut no they want to sell them themselves or any kind of other thing like that where I develop something, I get to choose where it's going to be sold and restricting sales from one avenue. That's my choice. And that is their choice where they want to sell them. So not selling them through steam is their fucking choice. They shouldn't have to sell it through steam just to keep all the people happy. Steam, I love Steam too, but Steam is not without its faults either. I have had, and a lot of other people have had, some serious problems with Steam as well. Joe, we have, I could play putt, I'm not going to search through them all, but I could play back episodes where you were swearing at Steam that you were so mad at them. I can tell you which
0: ones they were. Star Trek Online about three
1: weeks ago, four weeks ago. So, the fact is is Steam is not without its faults either. And there are many games as well where you do need Steam to be open. And you do need an internet connection, otherwise, you mm-hmm. can't play certain games on in, in uh, offline mode. the, it, the same exists there. Name,
0: I'd have to say, name a couple of them because I'm not seeing them. Well,
1: I've 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 come across it now. I'm fucking, I can't, even, I,
0: even Portal 2, a, a Valve exclusive, does not require you to have Steam installed to play it. But
1: that's not the only game out on freaking Steam, dude. That's one game. There's am, uh, there I'm, are, I'm aware of that, but I'm just saying, great, even many Valve
0: who makes Steam allows you to install their games without having to install the Steam software. That's all I'm saying. But again,
1: see, this is the other thing, too. They're two different companies. They can choose to do things differently if they want. Now, a lot of people are having a problem with this for the wrong reasons as well. Let's be very, very honest. Now... Is it good that they're using this as a means of also protecting their games? Well, that's a double-edged sword as well because on one hand, you got to expect that game developers are going to try to prevent as much piracy as possible. And then on the other hand, there's the there's there's the far too restrictive, heavy-handed approach, so you can't have them both. But then again, Valve is doing essentially the same thing by requiring Steam for some of their games. Maybe not active, but you got to have it. So again, they're choosing to go with their their app. Is that bad? Well if the app is not all that it's supposed to be, then fine. Then they can work towards improving it and whatnot. But when you're getting people who are saying online, well, that just means now there's two ways to play this game. One, get it on origins or two pirate it. And most of the people are going to pirate it. And I agree so much with the guy who said, and I quoted this to you, Joe say, you got to be a scum sucking ass hat to use this as an excuse. Oh, I agree to pirate a game. Really? I agree it's with that them sentiment. choosing how they want to do it. Now, again, the fact that you can't play it without it, no, I don't think that's good. I would like to just be able to install it and play it. I agree. That's that's fine. But the fact that they're using their app and deciding not to go through Steam, that's their business. Oh, it's and, and their game. They don't have to go through anybody else. They
0: can decide how they want to distribute their content. It's their goddamn game. And I agree, and I'm not arguing that point. If they don't want to sell it through Steam, that's fine. I could give two shits if it's on Steam. My problem is if I go to buy a physical copy, I shouldn't have to install the software if I have no intention of using that extra software. That's like downloading Chrome and then getting like 30 million ask whatever search bars installed. You know, it's it's the same principle. If if I wanted that stuff, I would go and get it. But dude, don't I've ram it down my throat. It's I've again, I've used origins. I don't get that problem. I'm not and, getting that problem
1: and I'm and certainly got, not and, getting and I've the bloatware on
0: calls where I've got I've got tons of phone calls where I've had gamers with slow speed and what do I do to fix it? Turn off origin. How's your internet bandwidth now? I'm sorry, it's just, it's too clunky of code. And I say this about other things as well. It's not just that I have a, a severe, uh, if it was good, I wouldn't care. If it did what it was supposed to do, I wouldn't care. If they had actually taken the time over the length of time that it's been out, which has been well over a year now to improve it, which they haven't, then I wouldn't care. But that's my problem is it's, it's forcing you to use software. That's not exactly good. And it's not exactly going to be the best for you. And it may actually cause problems later on down the line. So why? That's what I don't get. And the removal of the option for people like on a physical copy, that is my point of problem. I could give two shits of Steam's involved in it, whatever. I could care less what other digital avenues. They want to sell it through their digital copy on Origin. That's fine. But what did I do with Star Wars? I went and bought a physical copy and installed it, and I don't have okay, to Okay, you're just it.
1: repeating yourself now. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I again, I agree on some points. However, in terms of their right to sell their game, however, the, the hell they damn well please, and require you to use their Steam equivalent. I don't see that as a deal breaker. I will still be playing it on PC even though it is being sold through Origin. I'll play it on on Origin and I'll I'll see how it handles on my rigs and and then we can talk about it then. but uh, but it's it's definitely not a deal breaker for me. And anybody who is wigging out because it's not Steam has really needs to kind of reevaluate their thoughts on one or another. Not everything has to go through Steam. Okay, let's move away from this now. We got some other news as well. Um, there was some Reckoning news, actually. Vince, you can talk again. You can talk about Reckoning. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, let's start with what EA is doing right. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a cross promotion between Reckoning and Mass Effect 3. And this, to me, is brilliant because they know millions of people are going to buy Mass Effect 3. Regardless, even with the, or you know, whatever, mm-hmm. it's still going to sell fuckloads of copies. Reckoning, as, with as much praise as it's getting and with much hype, it's still a new IP, and those are very dangerous in today's market. So, here's what they've decided to do. Next week, when the Reckoning demo comes out, if you download and play the Reckoning demo, you unlock exclusive items in Mass Effect 3, including the Todd McFarlane-designed Reckoner armor for Shepard, which looks fucking bad-ass. And then also vice versa, if you play the Mass Effect 3 demo, you get the Omniblade daggers in Reckoning that's that that's genius I, I can't say anything else it is I, i'm just hoping that they say that it's going to be showing up on pc i really hope I, that i believe they said it, it was valid they did
0: origin. just no no date
2: on it whatsoever yeah because so i'm right. going to download it through origin too because i i've
1: already <laughs> pre-ordered my freaking reckoning on um pc and i will be getting mass effect 3 on pc so i really want this i want this so hard i saw the screenshots and it's like oh Oh, my God. was yeah,
2: <laughs> If you buy Reckoning, you also get the N7 armor for Reckoning, which, yes. again, looks cool as crap. The, I, they made it work in each IP, even though you got a freaking
1: Tolkien-esque well, RPG with a space box.
0: They did that before with the Blood Dragon armor kind of stuff. The Blood Dragon armor, but also yeah, but the, the not even close. I'm but also wondering. the Dead Space 2 armor as well. That uh, still didn't look that good. I didn't think those looked it, nearly as good as what we're seeing here.
2: The the idea of the
0: cross-pollinization oh, yeah. is kind of But here's of cool the thing. Well. They for, should be doing so much more that, of that.
2: You had to own the games. This is getting people to get their hands and try Reckoning for free, which is oh, yeah. huge for that IP. I agree. When you're looking at it in terms of
1: a marketing ploy to get people to try something and get a bonus for their time. It wouldn't have taken them that much time to create these armor, uh, the armor. And then from there, it's such an incentive for people to try both of
2: the games. And I think as, again, as a marketing ploy, it's freaking brilliant. And just to let you know what you get in that Reckoning demo, you get an entire dungeon. And once you come out, you have 45 minutes of complete free roam dude i can't awesome. wait
0: awesome
2: <laughs> i'm actually going to be trying it on the the xbox as well
1: just to to see how it feels and all that even though i've already, You're already locked into that piece yeah category. i am but i still want to try it and see how it'll feel and uh and yeah it's
0: so oh, it's all it's well, freaking me you know, to win uh, it speak- also helps that you don't have to wait till tomorrow to get it
1: yep yep it is uh it is actually tomorrow though it's coming out right Yep. Yeah, the yep. three sixty the yep. three
0: sixty version of the demo will yep. be available yep. on January seventeenth.
1: Yep. So we can get that tomorrow. Okay, speaking of demos, we got a couple of other demos coming out as well.
2: Well, actually they already came out. And okay. uh, before I get to this, uh, while we're talking about stuff I downloaded and played, I had every intention of downloading and playing Amy this weekend. Oh, dude. Until I read every single review on the internet and it sucks horribly. So um I was so disappointed. I'm gonna wait on that. <laughs> I'm going to wait <laughs> indefinitely. I was, I had my freaking wallet out. I was ready to order it, and then I started reading the reviews, too, and I was like, oh, I hesitate. And I'm not one to blindly follow the review. i like, oh, this is a website said it sucks, so it must suck. But when it's a consensus, <laughs> I think I have to listen to that one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this weekend, uh, first of all, Ashura's Wrath, uh, the game we were just talking about last weekend. And, wow, some pretty crazy stuff happened. <laughs> I think giant buddha butt dropping on me and <laughs> e- eating the world and it it's it, it's ludicrous in that perfect japanese way so it was however made for you however i didn't have fun at all the entire demo was basically an hour long quick time event that's it <laughs> there were there were small little bits of you running around and punching somebody but Every single cool thing that happened in the game was all through QuickTime events. It wasn't entertaining. I didn't actually play a game. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. Okay, what about the
1: Final Fantasy one? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You need to borrow his Captain Hammer Hammer? No, no, no. Do
2: do you need it? I need to be as diplomatic about this as possible because this is a very sore subject for a lot of gamers. He's got a soapbox, too, if you need it. For those of us who enjoyed Final Fantasy XIII, all four of you, you will will (laughs) like Final Fantasy XIII. For those who didn't like Final Fantasy XIII, the rest of the world, depending. depending, Really? Really? (laughs) Every time. Every single time. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go ahead and finish <laughs> Okay For those who didn't like Final Fantasy XIII Depending on what you didn't like About the game You may or may not like the sequel So give the demo a try uh, What it does differently uh, First of all it adds the monsters Into the combat uh, The monsters fill your third party slot So you're always going to have uh, Sarah and what's his name yeah, <laughs> and then the third slot is filled by a monster. And just like in thirteen, you pre-build how you want your party set up. You have you can have three monsters equipped at any one time, each filling a various role: uh, commando, ravager, etc. And then install those into your paradigm systems as your third party member. So as you shift your paradigms, it will on the fly switch out which monster you have fighting by your side. I liked that, and not not so much in the whole Pokemon aspect, but it was something different from uh, from the previous game. And it allows, the, it allows the story to really focus on the main characters without having this large cast surrounding them. And I kind of yeah. like that as, as an approach. Aside from that, the monsters level up separately from your characters. You actually have to find items throughout the world to help them level up. Uh, throughout the demo, I had one monster that was so ludicrously powerful because I kept finding the items for him. and He was just beast voting everything in there. It was cool. The Crystarium, uh, the method that you use for advancing your characters, it has altered slightly Uh, before you could choose which of your roles you wanted to level up at any one time. Instead, you have one Crystarium for all your roles and you choose which one you want to level up at each individual node. So it gives you a lot more customization uh, to your characters, which is great because as much variety as 13 gave you, essentially you ended up with the same character no matter what you did because you only have certain amount of nodes you can unlock before you reach your cap. So this one gives you a lot more uh, flexibility in designing your party, as well as every time you level up, you choose which bonuses you want. So you're really going to be able to tinker and get your characters just how you want them, which was one of the things I liked most about 13. I I could get my party set up just how I wanted it. For anybody who read my website, I wrote a huge series of articles about how to do that optimally. I really enjoyed the -the behind-the-scenes systems to 13. Battle itself, uh, for those of you who... uh, Used the hold X to win method. Yes, that's still uh, that's still possible. But just like in thirteen, if that's the method you choose, you're absolutely going to suck and fail every battle with one star. So, for those who actually want to get the most out of the battle system, this core system itself has not changed since thirteen. So, depending on how you liked that system, is really going to be what your uh, end. Enjoyment is out of the sequel. Uh, exploration is all over the place. Plenty of NPCs to talk to treasures to find. They really bunched bumped up that aspect of the game. I really enjoyed it. I just um, don't have time to play it until like September <laughs> minimum. And even then I it's it's sounding like it's it is still too close to 13. But I liked yeah. thirteen. But so the, the point of okay for me. thirteen
1: two was to make it much more accessible to everyone, so that they could actually sell more than four copies. If it's <laughs> far too similar to thirteen, what in the hell was the point of two?
2: Well, the biggest criticism against thirteen was its lack of uh, perceived uh, flexibility with uh, exploration and towns. They they really adjusted that part of the game the people who disliked the battle system were actually a minority of the people of of people who didn't like 13 for people who that was their biggest problem that was nothing compared to the people who wanted the exploration back
1: okay all right well this is like the episode of freaking demos and beta because the biggest one however now is the beta signups for terra are up <laughs> so you can sign up for the terra beta Without and no what's that emails
0: with all of your emails. Oh, yeah. for it, With them. every ah. single email address
1: you own, sign up.
0: I'm, I actually, sign- I'm actually pinging everybody I know that might actually be able to get me in and I'm like, give me a key, give me a key. Give well, me I've
1: key. already contacted them too, so I'm hoping that we are going to get someone back on the show shortly and I'm hoping that we can get ourselves some uh, some beta keys so that we can get in there and play and have fun because, dudes, I, oh, as much as I'm having a blast in Star Wars, I cannot wait to get into Terra and mess around. We'll I gotta have, have my freaking mystic i i just have to and the thing too is i've got it set up so high in my mind right now that the potential for disappointment is it's it's like a freaking jenga thing that's toppling a little it's like oh damn gotta be careful because i this is the end all be all healing for me and i'm hoping it delivers on it
0: for me i just want a cute fuzzy thing with a giant lance that stabs things (laughs) that's all i want
2: so you see your your expectations are pretty low
0: Way
2: low. <laughs> and it's such, it's such a complete 180 from anything else out there. It's going to be really easy to split your time between this and, say, Star yes. Wars or whatever. Unlike playing Star Wars and Warcraft or Rift or any other MMO out there, it's it becomes kind of tedious if you're trying to balance more than one.
1: I, I can easily see myself being able to split the time because it it, it is more... Uh... It feels more like a first-person game, a first-person shooter game. Bounce in and do your combats and do stuff, and, and I'm really, really looking forward to that. Okay, another one that we're looking forward to that I'm a little disappointed, but it Why? depends highly on cost because yeah, it really I, is I all about the gonna cost. it's going
2: to be more than, say, 1,600 points at the most, yeah. I'd say.
1: It yeah. better not be a lot because four to five hours – Okay. Well, bloody short. Now, for folks who are really long for an arcade game,
0: that's awesomely long for an arcade game. Yeah, but
1: it's it's not supposed to be an arcade game. Yes, it's being sold, but Batman
0: Arkham Asylum, and it was ten hours of gameplay. Eight if you didn't do half the side stuff, and you loved every second of it.
1: No, it's longer than that.
0: Not the original. It was about eight to ten hours of gameplay, sir. Yeah. I played it for a lot
1: longer. Yeah, really. There's a lot more content (laughs) in it than that. What we're talking about is the Alan Wake American Nightmare. So we found out that it is going to be four to five hours long and depending also on just how much of the side stuff that you want to do. So I, again, I'm not saying saying that I'm disappointed. I'm just, it, it will depend highly on the cost because four to five hours is just not a long time.
0: But you're getting a lot out of it, though, too. You're getting four to five hours of story gameplay, possibly more, because they said it might be longer for players, depending on how much optional story content they do. And it, depending on if you want to explore that part of the game, which me, I'm definitely going to explore that oh, part. yeah, of the game. yeah. But they also have another campaign mode, which aside from the main story campaign, there's also a horde mode. So you're getting another game mode as well. So you're getting two separate game modes and an arcade game. So you can play uh, basically a survival horror, you know, survive till dawn match, which you can then use to unlock other difficulty levels. And I'm really looking forward to that because you're getting a lot of bang for your buck here. And I, I'm well, with Vince. No,
1: you can't say bang
0: for your buck. You don't know how much buck.
1: So I, I'm with Vince, though. I don't you're getting bang. Support. You're getting a lot of bang. <laughs> you're, getting lot
0: of bang. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a lot of bang. Hopefully, a lot of bang for your buck. But I'm with Vince. I don't see this being more than 1,600 points. And the best part about it for me it comes out of my fucking birthday. I'm buying this shit. <laughs> Happy birthday to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have to point out the thing that excited me most about all this. Was the old gods of Asgard are making a return appearance? Um, <laughs> yes. the, mu- the music in Alan Wake was one of the things that really es- elevated it to to its position because the it, the music fit so perfectly into each gameplay scenario. I was actually listening to some of the songs on YouTube last night, and instantly my brain was transported back to those parts of the game. So just seeing that the you know their fake band is coming back with another song, love it.
1: Again, I'm really looking forward to this. I really, really am. My son and I loved playing the first one. So, and and I like that it is episodic content. So if, again, if you get in four to five hours and it's not too expensive and then you can expect some of these installments every few months or whatever, then great, I'm all for it and I will be looking forward to it. But if it's too much, that's going to be the deal breaker. Because again, look at what we've got coming out. Dudes. I can spare an afternoon. <laughs> all right with that we're actually going to call it a wrap thanks for everybody for joining us and of course we will be back next week on monday at the same time if you need to reach us of course for the lore at gmail.com and on twitter at for the lore thanks we'll talk to you guys next week
2: hey there listeners this week i'll be sharing a bit of skyrim knowledge After about a hundred hours, I'm still finding quality content to experience in this game. One of the more obscure series of quests revolves around the Daedra Lords, powerful otherworldly beings seen as demons by some and gods by others. There's even an achievement called Oblivion Walker for obtaining all 15 Daedric artifacts in the game. If you take the time to find them all, not only do you get an achievement and some awesome gear, but also an interesting look into the lore of the Elder Scrolls, and I'm here to guide you through doing just that. Before we begin our quest, a few things to be aware of. First of all, many of these quests will require some immoral actions from your character, so those of you role-playing as a hero will not be able to complete them all. Second, it is possible to make an incorrect decision and lock yourself out of the achievement, so be careful. The easiest way to find these quests is to ask local tavern owners for rumors. Many of these rumors will guide you to a Daedric quest. And finally, I will try to keep things as spoiler free as possible, but I won't always be able to avoid them, so be warned. I also won't be guiding you step by step, but rather focusing on the important elements of each quest. While the achievement requires 15 artifacts, there are actually 16 Daedric Lords. Nocturnal, the Princess of the Night, is the patron deity of the Thieves' Guild. Unfortunately, the Skeleton Key artifact you obtain as part of the Guild questline does not count towards the achievement. As for the ones that do count, we're going to start with Azura, the Queen of Dawn and Dusk and the Mistress of Twilight. To begin her quest, titled The Black Star, travel to the Shrine of Azura atop a mountain south of Winterhold. Azura foretold your coming and tasks you with tracking down her artifact, the Black Star, which was last in the possession of a sorcerer named Malin Varen, who was using it in an attempt to gain immortality. Upon retrieving the star, you will have to decide between returning it to Azura or Malin's former colleague. Either way, you must venture into the star to exercise Malin's spirit. Be careful though, the star is home to some very powerful Dremora spellcasters. Once cleansed, you will receive either Azura's Star or the Black Star depending on your decision. These are reusable soul gems that can store any size soul, and either will count towards the achievement. Boethia is the prince of deceit and assassination, though there are no ties to the Dark Brotherhood. Instead, they serve the god Scythus. To begin the quest Boethia's Calling, you must first find a book titled Boethia's Proving. The book will be carried by Boethia cultists, who will attack you in a semi-random encounter shortly after you reach character level 30. The book will guide you to the Seselem of Boethia near Windhelm. You are told to return with a sacrifice. Choose any follower at your disposal who will not be missed from the game, so avoid any companions or anybody you'd like to use later. Personally, I chose Jazargo because he annoyed me. After sacrificing your follower and proving yourself in battle, Boethia will ask you to stealthily slay her former champion and all of his followers at Knife Point Ridge. While stealth is suggested, it's actually not required to complete the quest. But try it anyway, it's pretty fun. With your task complete, Boethia's Ebony Mail is yours, a heavy armor that muffles your movements and deals poison damage to anyone nearby. Clavicus Vile is the granter of wishes, though not every wish is fulfilled as anticipated. The blacksmith in Falkreath wants you to bring him a dog he's seen wandering outside of town. What he doesn't mention is that the dog can talk. As it turns out, the dog is Barbus, Clavicus Vile's companion, who has been cast out. This begins the quest A Daedra's Best Friend, and it's your job to repair their relationship. Clavicus asks you to track down his artifact. A mage once asked him for a cure to his daughter's lycanthropy. As is his way, Clavicus gave him an axe as the cure. Return this rueful axe to Clavicus, and you'll have a choice to make. Follow Clavicus's orders, and the axe is yours. Listen to Barbus, and instead you'll receive the Mask of Clavicus Vile, a helmet that will get you better prices at shops. As nice as the axe is, the mask is the only option that counts towards the achievement, so choose wisely. Hermaeus Mora is a bizarre Daedra interested more in gathering knowledge than interfering with the mortal world. As part of Skyrim's main quest, you'll find a mage named Septimus holed up in a cave at the far reaches of Skyrim's northern shore. Septimus has driven himself nearly mad trying to open a dwarven puzzle box. When his role in the main quest is complete, you can continue helping Septimus unlock the box by gathering the blood of the various elf-descended races around Skyrim as part of the quest Discerning the Transmundane. This can be easily completed throughout the course of playing the game, so don't feel the need to seek them out. Return with the samples, and the Ogma Infinium is yours. After it's in your inventory, read the book for a nice increase to several skills. Hercene the Huntmaster plays an important role in the Companions questline. Aside from that, his artifact quest, Ill Met by Moonlight, was one of the highlights of the entire game for me. In Falkreath, there is a family in the graveyard grieving their murdered daughter. If you visit the killer Sinding in jail, you discover he is a werewolf. He stole the ring of Hercene in an attempt to control his transformations, but was cursed, making them more uncontrollable than ever before. He gives you the ring and asks you to hunt down Hircine himself. Once you find Hircine, he then tasks you with hunting down Sinding. What follows is one of the most beautifully crafted environments in Skyrim, and yet another difficult choice. Help Sending and you will receive the Ring of Hercene, allowing you to use your werewolf form more often, provided you've already obtained it. Or you could kill Sending for the Savior's Hide, some great looking light armor with magic resistance. In this case either reward will count towards the achievement. The God-King of the Orcs, Malakath, is the protector of outcasts. To begin his quest, the Cursed Tribe, travel to Largishbur, an orcish settlement southwest of Riften, which is under siege by giants. Help the orcs kill their attacker, and you will discover that the tribe has been cursed by Malakath, constantly under attack, yet unable to leave their settlement. After a small task, Malakath agrees to lift the curse, but only if the tribal chief Yamars slays the leader of the giants, which he allowed to desecrate Malakath's shrine. As it turns out, Yamar's is no match, so be prepared to fight a pissed-off giant all by yourself. Return to Largishbur, and Malakath will grant the tribe one more chance, and grant you the Warhammer, Volendrung. Mehrunes Dagon is the Prince of Destruction, best known for being responsible for the Oblivion Crisis. Sometime after reaching level 20, a courier will find you and give you an invitation to a museum in Dawnstar. Alternately, you can simply travel to Dawnstar yourself and visit the museum. The proprietor, Silas Vesuius, is a descendant of the Mythic Dawn, the cult that helped perpetrate the Oblivion Crisis. The one artifact he's missing from the museum is the sword, Merun's Razor, and it's up to you to track down all the pieces. This can be a bit difficult because many of them are guarded by the Forsaken, and they're among the toughest enemies in the game. However, after you gather all the pieces and reforge the sword, claim it as your own by obeying Dagon's commands. And we're halfway to the achievement, but I'm going to have to stop here before Roger murders me. Don't worry, I'll have the second half of this guide available in two weeks, and our look at the Daedric artifacts of Skyrim will be complete.
1: I choose you. <laughs> oh sweet, my my. Uh, apparently, my mouse droid drinks Red Bull. <laughs> He's got wings. He's flying. Screenshot. <laughs> That's like, um, you know how Andronicus leans on the wall. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason, at one point I. Go <laughs> I go in the uh, the cockpit and he's not there. I'm going, where the hell did Andromicus go? That's that's (laughs) not right. And I don't want to spoil part of the story, but you're going to get some other people on your ship. So I'm wondering, okay, well, there's some other people. What's going on here? And then randomly get called for a holocall thing. So so I I start looking around the ship looking for him, and I find everybody else. And I'm going like, what the hell? Where is he? I I go back to the room where you get those the the boardroom essentially. And he's there, and he's leaning in the same stance, but against nothing. He's, <laughs> he's just that good. standing he, and leaning. <laughs> he is that awesome at relaxing. Basically, yeah, he's got it down <laughs> to his science. So I, I planted my chick right beside him so it looked like he was leaning on her. <laughs> took a screenshot. But, yeah. And I told <laughs> I showed... Uh, um, Joe, I, I got a, uh, a drop through slicing, I believe it was slicing, and it's a, a synth weaving uh, schematic and it's for um, what's it called now? Fortified Phobium Headgear which is probably not a big deal to get. I saying that three times. Yeah, It is unbearably sexy. It is just freaking drop dead gorgeous. So of course I showed Joe and it was a I'll give you my login information so you can get the stuff to make it and do it now. <laughs> I was like, Joe, you're not even 35 yet. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, but I'm 34 and a half. I'll get it soon. Just log into my account. I'm going, no, I don't. Just, it's all right. It'll be mine. I trust you. <laughs> I don't trust myself. <laughs> Here, I'm sending you the picture of what it is on
2: end. Just Did anybody get that screenshot of Loader dancing in your cantina? <laughs> naked in the cantina with a drink in his hand. <laughs>
1: be no proven that wasn't him, to be honest. Dude, I really, I don't want to spoil what's going on for Act 1. Well, hold out for a couple But days. you have to do it. I'm just warning you. You got to do it by
2: next week. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, assuming I make as much progress on Alderaan as I think I'm making, I should be able to get there tomorrow.
1: Because, dude, we have to talk about this. It is that freaking awesome. So, yeah. It's, it, it is beyond epic. So, and I I made a comment in general chat afterwards I saw something about that on Twitter I went back to and Gas and I made a comment in RP mode it's an RP server so I made an RP comment and uh, there were some very unhappy people (laughs) like some of the stuff the foreshadowing is there you know what's going to happen there's some other stuff that's going to come as a huge surprise. You will not see this coming, and it will be awesome. But the stuff that, I mean, you know it's coming. This is, <laughs> it's not a surprise, people. People were wigging out. Freaking RP nerds were just like, how dare you? <laughs> I'm like, spoiler warning, and just put them on Ignore. I'm going, I all I said was this. <laughs> all right, then. Wait, did you put me on Ignore?
2: <laughs> I'm not hearing anything Sorry um, My Focus is in several places at the moment <laughs> And only one of them is my pants
1: Unacceptable I guess I'm going to start broadcasting I've actually finally been making some money For <laughs> I, When I dinged Was it 30? I think it was 30 I had 16 credits not 16,000, 16. And then I had to do something and I lost five. I had 11 credits. I could not get a speeder ride to the town I needed to go to. I was—I couldn't do space combat because I didn't have enough freaking fuel to get me to the space combat. So I was literally just doing whatever quests were nearby, and then expanding from there. But yeah, it was like, oh my god, Kem, come here. I need to sell some of your gear. No, Kem. There's a corner over there. You go and stand there until a pretty boy tells you he wants to go to
2: the bathroom with you. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me the other night. when Do I was. Do you really want out, to be talking um... about that? <laughs> I mean, I know we're not a G-rated show, but still. <laughs> no, when I was helping out uh, Onan, my buddy Vinny, <laughs> I was like, yeah, what I was helping to make his a uh, Matrix Cube. it's like, yeah, just one minute. I'll be right there. Did some training, you know, learned some crew skills, got my new skills, went to get on the speeder. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I should have paid attention to how much all that stuff I just clicked on costs. Well, it's freaking spells. When they start costing you over 10k, that adds up. I got a bunch of spells sitting on my trainer that I feel I don't need. (laughs) Oh, he is ready to freaking rage
1: on this freaking Mass Effect 3 thing. He is so full of piss and vinegar. Some um, he he was telling me about this, in G chat. I don't I don't know about him,
2: but I saw this coming like six months oh, ago. Please. I will say, we'll, like Ian was like yelling at people at work today about it too. So I uh, <laughs> we'll will be able to talk about it because honestly,
1: I think what's gonna aggravate him more is the fact that I'm gonna be arguing without against him on it, and not just saying, oh, oh yeah, you you're absolutely right. No, because he he was talking about it in G chat for a while. <laughs> And at one point, I just said, well, I'm done listening to you. I've, I've, I've had it with this <laughs> argument, so we're just going to talk about something else. <laughs> you could feel how vile he was. It was just pissing him off to no end. And I was like, yeah, well, whatever. It's really...
2: I don't see this as a big deal. It sounded like there's a freaking airplane warming up in the room. <laughs> it's not an airplane. It's just my Batmobile. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I'm stopping the broadcast, Ian. <laughs> I stopped it before I finished my sentence. Just <laughs> <laughs> think after, like, 150 combined episodes, we'd have this shit together. <laughs> and by we, you mean me. I offer my moral support. That's my All contribution right, to the team. There there. no, and there. I'm fairly confident that I'm pulling my weight on, the, the, on that part. <laughs> man.
1: That was a good.
2: You lost a few hairs on that one.
1: Five pounds worth of snot that I've been carrying around since I was six. Oh, look, a nickel.
2: <laughs> February is for the lore month, goddammit. Can I, can I? Everybody buys presents.
1: What the hell? I don't care about that. Okay. Ian? I care about presents. No, I'm not even talking about that. You know, that's, I'm still trying to fix the freaking stream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should be better, Ian. Wait, are you even broadcasting? Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? There's this little button that says start broadcasting, and it's not red right now, or it's not flashing. So I'm going to press the button and see what happens. <laughs> And then freaking, so Joe goes off on a freaking tangent. He's going ballistic on this freaking EA thing. It's just like... It's you not can, a tangent. You can, you can tangent. feel the, the, the rage radiating out. Now, I logged in to the game just to play and have fun. I mean, on Saturday, I had to install a dishwasher. And that's not a big job. But again, when you got like really, really bad knees, it suddenly becomes a terrible, very, very, very hard job. So partway through, as it was, I had to pop some some Tylenol 3s, and it was, and it was swinging them back with beer too, <laughs> and and luckily my what, there's only other one who's the only way to do it. Yeah, who's, who's gonna eventually become my son-in-law? No doubt, it was over, and he's a great kid. So he gave me a hand towards the end, and we got her in and worked like a charm. But then, then because of that Saturday or Sunday, my knees were just forget it. Like I was on Tylenol all threes the rest of that night, and then that yesterday, and so yeah. So I'm already not in the frame of mind. <laughs> And I feel like I don't want to argue or anything. I'm probably not that pleasant to be around, to be honest. <laughs> Joe is freaking going ballistic on me. And because I'm disagreeing. I was not. Oh, going you were caps locking you. shit, too, even. Which you is screaming. That's what
0: screaming is. When I, I used caps on one word. No, no, it wasn't.
1: No, 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 it wasn't. Ian can freaking. Mm-hmm. He can back me up on this. He's freaking screaming shit. And I'm going, dude. And you even used my name that's When you know you're being patronizing and, and really raging out, it's like I know this, but da, 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 Roger, and I'm going, Oh, great, <laughs> here we go.
2: <laughs>
1: and then freaking, we, we get through that just because I said, I'm tired of listening to you, stop, I don't want to talk about this anymore. We're done. And then Tart comes on, and so then I asked him if he mailed up my collectors because it's he's only had it for what three months now,
2: but anyway, so yeah. I, I asked him if he'd mail. That Darth Valga statue looks
1: awesome. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it does. (laughs) He keeps flipping through the freaking book. Um, The the pages better not stick together is all I'm saying. Anyway, so I'm just asking nicely, did you get a chance? I know you've been busy and all that because he was going to mail it on Saturday. I'm mailing it on Saturday. So then he says, no, we couldn't because Tart's rat was sick. And I'm going, that's your excuse? That's what you're going with? A sick Uh, rat? I didn't
0: say that. Tart did.
1: Well, you said something else. And so, and I wasn't making fun of the rodent. I was making fun of the excuse, using a rodent as an excuse. Freaking turd leaves. (laughs) Logs off. And I'm going, what the fuck did I say? What's going on? (laughs) So, yeah. And then he tells me, well, the the rat is justifiably really sick, not doing well, and probably not going to make it. I'm going, oh, son of a bitch. Why don't I just go play my smuggler? Nobody nobody plays on the Republic side with us. I'll just go play my smuggler and shut the hell up and not interact with people. It's just an MMO. I don't need to be interacting with other people. So, yeah, and then this numbnuts. You've already
2: been blacklisted by the entire server. Oh, really?
1: At this point, yeah, they don't leave me either because I freaking do spoilers. And then he's, he decides, okay, I'm logging off, and boom, he's gone. And I was like... What the fuck? <laughs> Nobody came back. <laughs> I had to take care of they, the girl. Both of them were gone. No notice of, don't sweat it. It's not a big deal. Nothing. They just leave me. And so it was just me and Ian gaming all day. And, and he's just freaking chatty Cathy. Never shuts up. Never says anything more like it. And so, yeah, we are playing. And it's like, maybe they'll log back in at some point. I know they're playing their freaking Republics on that other server. Heaven forbid they play the Republics on the server that we were going to be playing on. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't we have a podcast we should have started 10 minutes (laughs) ago? I wanted to, it it would have sounded cold, but it's not. I I wanted to build, like out of a matchbox or something, a little med kit like you find in Left 4 Dead, but a little miniature one for her rat. (laughs) And it could be her little Aww. rat med kit. It would have been sweet, but then might have made her cry, especially if it arrived late and the rat had already died. the It was like, oh, well, apparently, apparently, uh, oh. She's,
0: the the ratty is doing better okay, so far. Good. Yeah, so I we, thought it uh, would have been hilarious. Uh so you can still do that, and it'll definitely, uh, she should definitely, you know, be good.
1: Little straps so she could put it on its back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can totally see Cora doing that too.
2: Medic. <laughs>